Welcome to What's Up, Wellness from the Third Floor. This podcast is provided by the Wellness and Health Action Team, also known as WET, from Portland State University Center for Student Health and Counseling, or SHAC. We're located in the Health Promotion Suite on the third floor of the University Center building on campus. Our purpose with this podcast is to discuss a variety of health-related topics in a way that will be accessible for a non-traditional campus. My name is Bella, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. My name is Josh, and my pronouns are they, them, theirs. And my name is Quinn. My pronouns are he, him, his. We're all members of the Wellness and Health Action Team, and we'll be your hosts for this podcast. Let's get into it. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to a, another episode. Um, it's me, Quinn Westland, he, him, his. Um, I am joined this week by a special guest who will be kind of leading this mini episode with us. Um, Sophia, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, totally. Hi, everybody. My name is Sophia. I go by she, her pronouns, and I am a co-worker of Quinn um, in the Wellness and Health Action Team. And today we're going to be talking about um, a systems perspective of climate change and global warming. And we're kind of going to be discussing that for, for today. Yes, in honor of this week being um, having Earth Day within it, we thought it would be very topical and also a bit of a shout out with Sophia. Um, if you follow us on Instagram or any of our other marketing things and see all of those, like, I don't know, beautiful like logos and icons and stuff, uh, Sophia and Crystal are the two um, minds behind that work. So, so thank you for all of the promotion and help that you do with that. Oh, yes, definitely, definitely. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Um, it's at PSU underscore what. Everything that you see on there is uh, definitely a product of Crystal and myself. Um, so, yeah, hope you enjoy that. Um, so let's jump in. Um, so basically, in light of Earth Day, um, we're going to talk a little bit about global warming and the human a human's effect on the Earth. So from a very young age, we're told that we need to be responsible for the health of the earth. We need to recycle, conserve water and energy, and just overall not waste. And while doing these things are very important, it seems like a lot of the conversation around helping the planet is what we should be doing on an individual level. That we're the reason that the earth's greenhouse gas levels are going through the roof. This can make us feel anxious about making a mistake with recycling and even guilty for being a normal human being that lives a regular life using up normal resources. So basically today we're going to be talking about shifting the blame from an individual level like you and me to the real contributors of climate change. That is big farming factories and corporations. I think to kind of pick up from there, maybe can you go into a little bit about like what exactly like is global warming um, in case listeners don't have the, a full picture of that concept? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and that's a really great question because there's a lot of buzzwords about climate change and global warming, but what even is that? And why is that even bad? Because I like being warm, you know? <laughs> it's <laughs> um, true. I, everyone always complains about Oregon being all cold and rainy. Um, oh, so yeah. Yeah. It would be for some <laughs> be too bad if it was a couple degrees warmer. Um, (laughs) So basically, um, global warming um, in um, a full rounded definition is the long term heating of the Earth's climate system observed. uh, It has been observed since the pre industrial period. That's when that term kind of came to light. And that's kind of between 1850 and the 1900s due to human activities like 
fossil fuel burning. Um, and that is definitely one of the main contributors of uh, increased heat trapping and greenhouse gas levels in the Earth's atmosphere. And greenhouse gas is basically um, a shield around the Earth, basically, that kind of traps heat within the Earth and it, and it doesn't disperse. So this is something that's been studied for a couple hundred, yeah, like almost 200 years now. Yeah, um, so yeah. it's not it's not just a, a new concept floating around. Not a new concept, um, but in recent years, I'd say the last 50 years, it's becoming more and more apparent because the effects of green or uh, the effects of global warming have been here. It, everybody's um, been observing them. Um, like for example, a global climate change um, has uh, affected the glaciers. So glaciers have shrunk, ice on rivers and lakes are breaking up earlier than usual. Um, plain animal ranges have shifted and trees are flowering sooner. Um, and this might not all seem bad, but really um, the effect on the environment could be detrimental to animals on the planet, um, crops on the planet, and then ultimately us as human beings on the planet. Um, so future effects that might happen soon, um, if not right now, would be more frequent wildfires. We had all those wildfires last summer, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if that was a product of global warming. Um, longer periods of drought in some regions and uh, the increased number, duration, and intensity of tropical storms. So, so with all of that, um, what kind of has changed since the industrial period that's made it so much more evident? Um, besides, right, like more access to science in the past 50 years, but, but what okay. else has changed? Yeah, yeah. So like what was said earlier, um, this kind of term global warming and climate change started to pop up like right after the industrial period. And the reason why is kind of right in the name. Big factories, farming, agriculture, energy use and production, and big industries are the main contributing factors of climate change and global warming. In fact, 70% of the world's historical greenhouse gas emissions is caused by big corporations. And you know, while there's a definite need for immediate change, um, if we wanna save the environment, the blame is often put on the wrong people. Um, and that's why today we're gonna talk about the main contributors to environmental pollution and try to shift the blame and kind of what we can do on an individual level. That's not just, you know, turning off the water while brushing our teeth, you know? Like I remember when I was a kid, um, a lot of the blame was put on me, like in an elementary school and me and my classmates, um, where we were taught that we need to reduce, reuse, recycle, um, yeah, turn off water when you're brushing your teeth. And honestly, a lot of that is guilting us um, and putting responsibility on us little, little children um, to really save the world. Um, and that can definitely be detrimental to mental health as well as the environment itself because we're, we're not really focusing on the right people. There's this really wonderful um, eco-minimalist YouTuber that I really, really love. And she has a quote that she always like closes out with. Um, and it, it goes like, the you cannot do all the good um, in the, that the world needs, but the world needs all the good that you can do. And I think that that really, right? Like it sums it, I don't know. I think it sums it all like this whole kind of battle, if you want to put it that way up very well, right? Like individually, like there's 
we we can't like save the planet as one person you know we can't stop what has been occurring over hundreds of years but every like right the little things that we do do matter um so we're not trying to say that they don't but i think right like reframing that there's other ways that we can push this and and fight this because again like the root of all evil always always i swear just circles back to capitalism and that ever pursuit of of like right of like like consuming more and more and more we're like we're literally allowing that entity to consume like the place that we live you know um yeah it's yeah it 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 gets to me it really yeah it it gets to me too like it makes me feel like I'm sucking by just existing I'm sucking the life out of this beautiful earth um but really, like, I should be focused, we all should be focusing our attention on, like, the bigger contributors. Um, like, oftentimes, blame for environmental pollution is put on us on an individual level, um, and we're told to kind of make individual changes and live sustainable lives, which is great, which is not a terrible thing, and we're not telling you to stop doing that. Um, please, please keep doing that. We <laughs> definitely- Please continue to do that. Um, but, <laughs> but um, we should also be focusing on the bigger picture here too. Do you want to talk a little bit about like classism and, and environmental yeah. racism? Yeah, no, I think that that's like, thank you for reminding me about that, Sophia, because I, I think that that's, that's another like huge key piece, right? Of like the people that do have the, that are running those huge corporations or that have like those factories and things, they, they have the wealth that could make the changes in the world um, and, and do the most changes, but they're not. And, you know, the things that we're seeing, like the, the, the very like substantial real world changes that are affecting ev- people's everyday lives and, and putting people's lives at risk are affecting like those in lower socioeconomic statuses. They're affecting, you know, um, people in less, um, w- w- really like less wealthy communities. Um, they don't have access to the same, like, like safer like organic foods they don't have access to like so many things and it's it's I'm rambling but like you can but uh, <laughs> I get it I get it yeah it makes me yeah because honestly living a sustainable life is a privilege um like it's almost a fad to live min- minimalistically and sustainably and to eat fresh produce and organic foods um but honestly not everyone can access that stuff so asking people on an individual level or telling them to do this thing can be very disheartening for people because they feel like they might not be able to. And because of that, they might feel this extreme guilt and anxiety about not being able to save the planet. Yeah, I think, thank you for, for summarizing that so beautifully, Sophia. <laughs> I appreciate that. It was very well said. And I, and I think kind of to just jump off of that further, right? I, this we got into this like whole mess collectively by having a like a culture and like these you know huge like world superpowers that are pushing this like capitalistic like consumer based agenda of, of like around like globally that's mm-hmm. what's driving this uh, it's going to take a collective like community like focus to be able to help work us out of it we can't something something that took a whole bunch of people to create isn't going to be broken apart by like just one person doing things. It's going to take a whole bunch of people working to break it apart. Yeah, for sure, for sure. 
And, you know, the fact of the matter is that turning the water off while you're brushing your teeth is just going to have a minuscule effect on the environment, while big industries are one of the main contributing factors to global warming. And just by one day of the factory doing its business um, will emit like just countless, countless um, pollutants into the into the air. Um, So honestly, uh, we should be shifting our blame on off of ourselves and onto onto these guys. Um, more o- o- more o- moreover, um, it's often these big corporations that are pressuring individuals to change their lifestyle and behavior um, for the environment. When in fact, these corps are doing the opposite. There, there's a lot of hypocrisy um, in in this society w- within these these big businesses. Um, it's almost like they're blaming individuals for the demise of the earth just for existing, just for being alive and being born. Um, it, it almost feels like we're, we're ruining the earth, which in fact is just not true. It's just not true. And also this blame can be dangerous for the mental health of individuals. Um, like I said earlier, it makes us feel guilty for existing. It can cause depression, anxiety, and a general fear for the earth's future. Like I'm afraid for our earth. I'm afraid for our animals living on this earth, as well as my own future and the future of the people that are li- that are going to be living after me. Um, so it, it, there's a lot of emotions that that come with this. I've I've lived in Oregon my whole life, so I, I feel right like very tied to this place. Um, and I definitely like agree. Right, like after the summer and like all the wildfires and stuff, I heard that not just for myself but from a ton of other people like that the very real anxiety and and fear about everything and like right like it is that going to be like the new normal of like how things will go and it's it's um yeah it's a lot yeah it's a lot it's really sad too um I grew up in Hawaii and I and I spent my childhood swimming in the oceans and like um snorkeling and looking at all the coral reefs and um last year last October I took uh, before COVID and everything I took a little vacation there and um because I haven't been there since I was a child and I snorkeled in the place that I always used to snorkel to when I was a little kid and I was so excited to see the coral reefs and um when I was snorkeling they were all white because of coral bleaching and that is one uh, that is one symptom of global warming is is that the coral reefs can't handle it and they they basically die and become white and no no living creatures can live there anymore. And it was really sad. It was really sad to see because um, this stuff isn't happening in the future. It's happening right now as we're existing. Yeah. yeah. So um, now we're going to talk a little bit about what we can do about this. Um, there are several things we can do um, to help the environment that goes beyond living a sustainable life, which is which is great. It's a great thing to do to conserve water, energy, recycle, and all overall reduce waste. Um, if we're all in this together, it will make a huge impact on the environment. Um, but knowing that real change comes from halting environmental pollution caused by big farms and factories um, is crucial to actually making a drastic change and halting environmental pollution. So there, there are a couple things I put together on like what we can do. Um, this first one, it definitely lies in a lot of privilege. Um, I put together, uh, or I wrote down boycotting certain factory produced meats, um, including fish. So a lot, a lot of times, let me explain, a lot of times animals and their waste um, have fouled waters, 
the enclosures um, in farms spew air pollutants that promote climate change and are implicated in illnesses such as asthma. Um, the stench of manure stored in pits beneath the barns or open air lagoons um, eventually spread on croplands crop as fertilizer and basically make life miserable for people nearby. And that's kind of like what we talked about earlier with environmental racism, because a lot of the people nearby are minorities. Um, and not to mention just everything that that these huge factory farms do are terrible for the environments. So and, and also promote zoonotic diseases since everything's oh, like, yeah. animals are living in such like close quarters with poor hygiene and all of all of that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely, definitely. A lot of a lot of diseases that um, pass from animal to animal can pass from human to human. Um, so basically the reason that these factories even exist is because of the money pu public gives them for their products. Um, so something that we can do to like help push against this would be limiting meat intake um, or just not meeting, eating meat altogether. Um, this will put a huge dent in a farm's income, halt production and therefore halt environmental, environmental pollution. Um, I love this, um, uh, what would you call it? There, there's the meatless Mondays. Um, it's like a practice where, where people will take uh, Monday and just not eat meat on Monday and then go to their regular everyday lives for the rest of the week. Um, and I heard, I forgot the statistic, but I heard that if everybody participated in not eating meat on Mondays, um, it will help the environment greatly, pretty much. Yeah, I think to like add on to that too, right? Like when people like hear like the word like veganism, often what comes to mind is like the very like, like, like very extreme versions of like, oh, I, I never will touch like any animal products at all. Um, or they might like draw, like get, people might get defensive when they hear that um, mm -hmm. or like combative. But I, I, I think we get lost in like that essentialism of veganism of like you, you have to like it, you have to commit it all to it all the way. Otherwise, you're not a part of it. You can't participate in it. And I think just like really right, like veganism is like a lifestyle. And the more that you can lean into that, like right, the potentially there can be benefits for you, but also right for the environment around us. So so yeah, if if it's going like meatless on Monday, or even even if it's just like the smallest simplest thing of like you substitute like like a like a meal like every once in a while yeah so even if yeah. you can only do like your breakfast will be meatless on Mondays then like do that that makes a difference right yeah it makes a huge difference it makes a difference um for the earth and also yourself because eating a lot of red meats in particular aren't that great for your health um, but we understand that just kind of restricting food in general and veganism in general is rooted in a lot of privilege um so yeah just taking that keeping that in mind um as you go forward with that Another thing you can do is getting involved in environmental activism. Um, there are tons of organizations that are just waiting for, for volunteers to come in and they do all sorts of stuff like um, protests and organizing marches and um, dropping or um, occupying oil rigs, like all, all those things. Um, so let me just give you a couple. Um, there is greenpeace.org, um, and if you go to um, greenpeace.org slash international slash act slash volunteer, you can sign up to volunteer with them. Um, and there's also the Sierra Club, um, which is a great um, organization. They use people power to fight for safer communities and a healthier planet. 
Um, and you can go to sierraclub.org slash volunteer to find out what you can do. They do all types of things that are um, both in person where you can go there and from home um, where you can find out what how to um, fight against um, environmental pollution just from your computer too. Another thing you can do is get involved in local government. Um, that is probably one of the best things um, I could think of. Um, lobbying to put pollution regulations on big factory farms and fossil fuel drilling are, are really big. Um, if we limit these big corporations and put laws and restrictions on what they can do to our environment, um, that is one of the main things that, that, will, that will really help put a halt to environmental pollution. Um, so if you want to um, learn more about like Oregon um, local government, you can go to um, oregon.gov slash um, LCD slash CL slash pages slash index. Ooh, that's a big one, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And we'll, of course, um, all the links and um, any other resources that we have, we will include in the description of the episode down below. So feel free to scroll down there if you don't want to have to memorize yeah. all of that URL. It'll it'll be there for you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All, all this stuff will be. Um, so just to wrap up a little bit, um, I just want to go over what we talked about today. Um, a lot of the blame is put on us, like individuals, you and me, um, for the cause of climate change and global warming. However, the main contributors are environmental um, of environmental pollution are big factories, farms, drilling of fossil fuels, things like that. Um, and while um, living sustainable is great, and we we totally promote that, um, a lot of the blame is put on us, and it and it's it can be detrimental to our our mental health and just make us feel like we're not doing enough, and we and we never on an individual individual level can. Um, so these things are usually being told by us by big corporations that are contributing to, to global warming the most. Overall, we just want to shift the blame from you, the individual, to the real problems and, and give you resources on how, on things we can do on a micro and a macro level. So some films that I um, watch that I really like that are, that are about this topic. Um, there's a new one, Seaspiracy on Netflix. It's about um, the fishing industry. Um, I highly recommend that one. Also, anything with David Attenborough. I absolutely love him. And um, uh, he has a new, a new one on Netflix called A Life on Our Planet. Um, and it's about, it's almost like a, um, he's talking about, he's, he's old now. He's, he's in his 90s, I think. And he's talking about his experience and how the environment has changed from when he was a kid to now. Um, and, it, and it's really interesting and, and he goes into depth and, and he also gives us resources on how we can help too, which is great. An older one, but one that I also think is still relevant and still important is Food Inc. Um, I remember watching that um, in my high school health class and it really impacted me too. And it made me, made me wanna start changing things. And that one's on Sling as well. Thank you so much again, Sophia, for joining us and kind of introducing this topic um, into the podcast. Um, just wanna throw out to listeners, um, next year when we all, um, come back and the project continues uh, we will be like dedicating more time um, and diving more deeply into like these kind of discussions and topics because right it's incredibly important to have right not only uh, just just the this like the safety and the well-being of of earth is directly tied to the safety and well-being of everything that lives on it so it's it's it is a worthwhile topic to discuss in depth 
and thank you for um, gathering all these resources and explaining it so eloquently. It was wonderful, Sophia. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. I'm so happy I got to be on a podcast episode. Um, thank you for all the work that you do. Um, and thank you for listening, guys. Take care, listeners. We'll see it, or I guess you'll hear us in the next one. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the What's Up podcast. We'll catch up with you on our next episode, which will be posted every Friday this term. While PSU has gone remote for the time being, we wanted to let you know that Shaq is still here for you. We are fully committed to the physical and emotional health and wellness of PSU students. Please call ahead to use our health services for flu shots, free COVID testing, or general appointments at 503-725-2800. Counseling services are still available via telehealth and you can schedule your appointments by calling that same number 503-725-2800. If you are looking for more health and wellness resources, you can check out our online health magazine that gets sent to your pdx.edu email every Wednesday, or you can download the Campus Well app. You can also check out the virtual MindSpa experience to rest, relax, and rejuvenate wherever you have internet access. We will be including website links in the episode description. We also have a Google form that you can complete with any questions about health, shack, or anything we discuss in the podcast. You can find the link in the episode description. Thanks for listening and take care.